seat, rages away, and Bellinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, as always, coming at you with some more Giants content at the end of the first half. This is episode 65. 65 Shasky. It was 1965 when uh, Juan Marshall and Johnny Roseboro had the infamous brawl at Candlestick. It was August 22nd at the stick. That was part of a, a weekend long uh, gripe fest that kind of exploded. <laughs> On that Sunday afternoon, you know, Roseboro and Marichelle were going at it all weekend long, and Roseboro wanted Koufax to hit Marichelle on that Sunday start. Sandy Koufax, being the guy that he is, didn't want to do it. So as we all remember, Roseboro threw the ball back to Koufax, and it nicked Marichelle's ear, and Marichelle turned around and kind of whacked him on the head with the baseball bat, which you're not supposed to do. Kind of. Benches cleared, and uh, it was a massive fine. I think it was like at the time, it was the largest fine. I think it was like $1,500 was the fine, but that was the ma- largest fine ever accumulated by a, a baseball player at that time. So, yeah, Giants-Dodgers, it, uh, that's a dicey rivalry at times. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Sam, what do you think of the first half of the Giants? I know it's technically yeah, a little let's, beyond let's the first half. first half. You know, 90 games down. And uh, let's let's start off with some of the positives here in the first half. You know, I'm feeling a little positive right now because the Giants won one nothing today. We are recording this on uh, Sunday, July 9th. Most of you will probably be hearing this on the 10th, though, when we release it. Overall, though, on the first half, there's a better, a more positive feel, I feel, right now than than you had probably at this time last year. I know the Giants were an above 500 team last year going into the All-Star break, but there was something just a little off about the team that just something didn't feel right. Like, this was not the 2021 Giants that we were looking at, you know, last year. And you saw that kind of, that, that bad feeling kind of manifest itself in the second half where the team really kind of fell apart uh, down the stretch here. Right now, I don't see that being quite the case this year, but I think the the big reason for that, and we've talked about this at length already, it's the influx of young guys have really changed the vibe that the first half of this season has given versus the first half last year. And I guess the question is, does that do does the does the young guys being here kind of mean that that grind we saw in the second half? Do the Giants avoid that in the second half? That's going to be the big question. But off the off the rip, biggest thing I'm seeing is, yeah, it's the young guys. It's the farm system. They're coming. The future is arriving. It's slowly matriculating into the big league level. What are you seeing there, Shasky? And tell me about big, big picture, first half thoughts. Camilo Duvall has emerged as a superstar in terms mm-hmm. of being one of the top three guys at his position. I think Logan Webb has um, proven why he got the contract extension, even though the overall win-loss record doesn't look great. Look at all the advanced numbers. He's been a stud. A complete game shutout today, 10 strikeouts. I mean, he's just a total punctuation mark after starting off the season 0-4. You know, this is a guy that could have easily stuck his head between his tail and gone home, uh, or his tail between his legs, excuse me, and gone home. I mean, think about Barry Zito when when he first came to the Giants with that big contract weighing over him and things weren't going well. It felt like it snowballed. Did it ever feel like it snowballed on Logan Webb? No. No, it never did. 
Yeah, and so I, I think that's a huge, uh, you know, first half story. Patrick Bailey, another great first half story. I thought he was excellent in the first half. Conforto coming back from injury, excellent. What a great acquisition, boy! I'd love to have him for another year, you know. <laughs> um, and then Casey Schmidt and Luis Matos works in progress is what I would say. I think both guys have little things that they can work on. We can get into each individually, but I am seeing progress. They do start to have some pillars, but the reality is, as I've said since day one, this is playing out the way I want to because I'm seeing the young guys yeah. and they're showing progress and they're not yo-yoing him back and forth to triple I mean, I didn't even bring up Blake Sable. I didn't bring up Tyro Estrada. Unfortunately, he's hurt, but I I mean, he's had an excellent first half. Like, there's a lot of really good stories. The bullpen, like Alex Cobb, like, go around. This has been a fun team. Is it the most fun I've had watching guys? Well, no, but it's a lot more fun than I signed up for originally. I think that's a good point. It is fun. Fun is a good word to put it at. Uh, and because that was kind of what we've been kind of griping about last year. It's like, exactly. even when the team was good last year, there wasn't a whole lot of enjoyment there. And I think that is kind of the a big difference this year is that, you know, there's there's the vibe around the team, even after losses, because you I've said, you know, if you could lose a game, but take away a positive, you could still like that's not a win, but you're feeling yeah. good about that. You didn't really have that last year. Um, we did have Farhan Zaidi talk to uh, the media on Friday night, his you know end of the first half. We uh, we all crammed into this office at the back of the press box and uh, we got 30 minutes with him. And uh, one of the things that kind of I wanted to ask him is kind of what we're talking about right now. What's the biggest difference between this year and last year? And this is what Farhan had to say. That's a tough question to answer because, honestly, for a lot of the first half last year, we were like five, ten games over five hundred. So if you kind of did the game-by-game charting of our record, it probably doesn't look that different, you know, through this point. It's a really hard one to answer. I think some of it just comes down to the psychology and, you know, how fans feel about the team. Everything has so much to do with what the expectations were. We, so we were coming off a 107-win season, and we were kind of, of five, ten games over 500 just felt a little bit disappointing. And this year, whether justifiably or not, I think expectations were low. And then we got off to bad start and start playing a lot better, and it got people really excited. So, so basically, I know it, why does this year feel better is because it's coming off of a year that set a low bar versus 2022 is coming off a year that set a high bar. Yes. Shasky, are you buying any of that at all? A little bit. I, I just think we're overthinking it. Like young guys are coming up and contributing and the guys that everybody kind of liked and Doval and Logan Webb are, are showing out. I mean, let's be honest. Do you want me to take a look at his free agency track record? Cause that hasn't been great. Yeah, we, we, Conforto, we can get into the negatives in the next. Segment, I know, but like so. for each Conforto, <laughs> I can point to multiple Hanegers, right? Multiple yeah. Alex Woods. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I didn't expect this team to compete for a championship, but they're showing progress. And what I mean by progress is I'm seeing young guys, but that's how devoid of young, uh, young talent they were over the last couple of years. They are playing an interesting brand of baseball. You know, yeah. for example, the other night, and I just want to go over this real quick. They got runners on first and second. Lamont Wade bunted in the, in this was, I believe Saturday, uh, Friday night, bunted yeah. the at bat prior and he's bunting in a two Oh count. What are we doing? It was like, weird. Yeah, it was so weird. And so I guess my question is, like, you had such very specific baseball principles heading into, you know, these rule changes and everything. And they bunted now more than ever. But why are you bunting in that situation? Like, it's your number yeah. three hitter, a guy who's been swinging the bat well all year. And you're going to, like, give up and out like what again? And like, 
I just some of the things they do don't make rhyme or reason. Today was Jock Peterson's bobblehead day. He couldn't <laughs> start in left field. Like no one's no one's losing their mind because Kyle Freeland, a lefty's on the on the mound, and you're gonna start Jock, and he doesn't really hit lefties that well. It's his bobblehead day for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, I mean with Lamont Wade thing, that was definitely a curious situation. I remember seeing that play out, and it just it felt like it sucked the momentum the Giants had. Because it was right after the Crawford hit that two-run home run. Exactly. And they get two more guys on. You think, exactly. oh, you got something going here. And that double play, it really just – it wasn't a double play, but that bunt, it just – it felt like it sucked the momentum yep. that the Giants had that inning. And I did, I did ask Gabe Kapler after that game, you know, what was the deal there? Was that the plan? Did you call for that? Did Lamont do that? And he's like, no, that was a Lamont Wade Jr. call. And he reaffirmed that, you know, we trust Lamont Wade to make, you know, the the right call in that decision. I don't know. Did maybe he, there's – Maybe there's a universe where he gets the bunt down and you have second and third with one out and Davis, Vinny Davis does something afterwards. I don't know. It's a, it was a weird decision. I, it was a weird decision. I don't know why you make that decision. Maybe in the future. Don't it's like, yeah, maybe just don't do that again. Uh, but, but like that's it. where I want to. I want someone to press Gabe Kaplan. Like, did you think it was the right decision? Not we. We trust him to do the right decision. Did you think that was the right decision? And I, I think that's where I get a little frustrated at times yeah. watching the Giants because they tell me about how smart they are and how analytically driven they are and how they're going to be ahead of the curve and they're going to stick to their principles. What the hell are you doing in that situation? That's where my baseball mind just doesn't line up with their thoughts. Yeah, and this is why I always say that uh, Joe Shasky needs to be uh, using his press pass to come to games so we can get these hard-hitting questions that the rest of Giants media doesn't want to answer. Um, again, sticking Ask. with the, the, the theme of positives, though, I do think that the big positive that I really am taking away from this first half, it's it's the bullpen, especially after how rocky things were in that first month. It was it, it looked ugly in that mm-hmm. first month. Uh, I think the bullpen had like a six some ERA in April. Uh, part of that was because of that Mexico City trip, which we all agree we shouldn't really count the numbers from that. But the way they've bounced back since then, I mean, especially with the Rogers brothers, Tyler. Remember how much Tyler was getting dragged through the mud last year. And him and Taylor have really been nails in the back end of that bullpen. And Scott Alexander, we finally got him back this week. He's been great all year. I'm loving what we're seeing from Ryan Walker. And again, it all leads into the all-star and Camilo Doval. And Shasti, you know, the Giants there, I believe they're, they're 35 and three when leading after eight innings, 34 and six when leading after seven. Uh, those numbers might not be exact. But the point is, when you're leading late against when this team's leading late, you feel so good. And that's just, that's a big component of this team, especially for a team that's, that's just struggling with the starting rotation right now. The fact that they have so many guys at this bullpen that they can turn to and get quality innings out of is a big reason why I think the giants have a winning record right now going into the all-star break. Well, let's work backwards. Camilo has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Most saves it at, at a break in for how long? 10 years. Yeah. Giant? yeah. Is that true? I, it feels like it. It sounds like I had 25 saves, leads Major League Baseball. I mean, he's he's as automatic as Brian Wilson was sort of at times. Well, Santiago Casilla, if you look up, I believe he has like 100 career saves. Like Casilla yeah. quietly is is on that list. I, I think yeah. people kind of underrated his his contributions. Sergio Romo, too, kind of up there as well. Well, but like he's been a superstar. The Rogers brothers, I know they both served one up the other night. Um, they both had a hand in that. Yeah. But, 
They've been excellent. Uh, I think that Brebbia before he got hurt was excellent. Scott Alexander coming back, like good to see him back. I thought he was good before he got hurt. Um, I just look around that entire, uh, you know, what's the guy? Uh, Wheaton uh, wins, excuse me. Uh, Yeah, he's been he's been really good. There's been a lot of different random contributions. Uh, Jackson at times, even though he's only been used a couple of times. I thought he's looked good thus far. I just feel like the bullpen as a whole is much more stout than I gave it credit for heading into the year. Yeah, and so the, I mean, obviously the key is we could talk about the starting pitching in a second when we get into our negatives of the season because we're definitely has some thoughts there. Do you consider Manaya a bullpen guy? Well, that I guess that's actually kind of where I was going to go to is with Sean Manaya. Uh, I've really liked what he's been doing lately, but it's all been out of the bullpen. Yeah. I would like to see them with a team where you have basically two good starting pitching options. And, you know, you're, you're dabbling with stripling, you're dabbling with wood, you're, you know, Diesel finally has been battling fatigue. And I understand, you know, maybe why the Giants are want to dabble with those guys, because again, they, I mean, in this case of stripling, you know, they invested that money into him, but you also invest that money into Manaya. And I just, I don't understand why they don't want to give Manaya another shot in the starting rotation. Maybe they just really feel that he's better handling that bulk role in the bullpen or coming in after an opener, you know, Ryan Walker goes out and then, you know, you have Manaya come in. The Giants have been very good. I think another positive is just how well the Giants have deployed the opener. That, that I agree with. That yeah, I agree I, with. I feel like a lot of Giants fans a few years ago uh, would have been so anti-opener. I remember when Farhan first got here, there was talk of, you know, the bull, the, the opener being used. And I remember Jeff Smarja was asked about that at FanFest. And he's like, you know, I don't want people taking my innings like that. And this was back at a time when Jeff Smarge was getting lit up in the first <laughs> inning. Like, and fans were like, yeah, no, fight for that first inning. You don't need to give it up. But I feel like Giants fans are a lot more accepting of the opener now because of how the way the Giants have used it. And the reason the Giants have had so much success with it is because of, in part, guys like Shamanaya, Tristan Beck, uh, Alex Wood from time to time, you know, these bulk guys coming in and handling that load. So, yeah, really credit to the for, for making us embrace the opener. Uh, before we move on, Shasky, who's your who would you say is your MVP of the first half for the Giants? Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go Camilo Duvall slightly over uh, J.D. Davis, who's slightly over Patrick Bailey. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go with Lamont Wade Jr. as my okay. MVP right now, mainly because it just he's a tone setter atop that lineup. He really okay. is. And when you have a line a, – a, like he doesn't seem like your prototypical leadoff guy, but I'll be damned. He's been doing a great job. When you got a guy like that setting the tone atop a lineup like that, that really is just a ton of value there. If he played at a different position, maybe he would have been looked at more closely as an all-star. You know, you're always buried at first base yes. there. But I'm gonna give Lamont Wade Jr. my my MVP of the first half. Who would you say is your surprise performer of the first half? Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, by go. far. <laughs> Lamont Wade Jr. by far. Like I didn't expect him to play that good defensively at first base, nor did I expect him to play uh that well. Um uh, you know, at the leadoff spot. He's been outstanding, right? Yeah. No, I agree there. I'm gonna you you took my MVP as a surprise. I'm gonna take one of your MVPs as a surprise. I'm gonna go with JD Davis. Uh, I was oh. not really sure what to make of J.D. Davis when the Giants got him last year. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's, is he young? No, he's he's my age, whatever. I guess that's still considered young. But it was just like, okay, it seems like a, a solid bottom-of-the-order bat. I did not see him becoming one of the key cogs in this lineup this year. Obviously, he had the home run today. The dude just he hasn't slowed down. Yes, uh, He's been incredibly consistent all year long. I think he should have been an all-star. 
so he's been, you know, he's top five in almost every single offensive category. Wow. And just an unfortunate snub there. Part of that might be East Coast bias. And also, let's be honest, outside of San Francisco, who is J.D. Davis? That's true. Uh, but no, I really like what I've seen from him. I want to see I want to see this keep going. I love seeing him in the middle of the order. And uh, he's been helping my fantasy team out, too, which I'm always up for that. Uh, really quick before we move on. Lastly, uh, you have to pick a moment of the first half. What would you be your moment of the first half? <sighs> That's a tough one. My moment of the first half. Jeez Louise. Here, I'll go first and give you a second to think. Uh, for me, it's probably Yaz's home run when the Giants were down to their last strike in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, I remember I was leaving the station at that time. I'm driving, and he's he's hitting with two outs, and he's got two strikes, and the Giants are losing. I'm thinking, man, how wild would it be if he went deep right here just to make this game go longer and make us hope you know, that they might win? And then he went deep right there and made the game go longer, and all of a sudden I'm hoping they might win. And the Giants did win that game. And that was right in the middle of just all the comebacks that they were having. And that was just one of those moments where it's just like, I always say, like, when you could predict when the Giants are going to screw up, things are bad. But when you could predict when the Giants are going to do something good, that's such a great feeling. And so I, that was just for me, that was my my big happy moment. There's a lot of them, but that was my moment for me. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to go with Luis Matos, not necessarily for just the home run, but what the home run signified. Second youngest player in baseball in terms of everyday player hitting a home run who's an outfielder from the Giants system. I thought it was a monumental moment and, and it feels like he's starting to, to stick. And I think that he's going to play the rest of the year. And I'm really excited about him. Um, he had a nice hit the other day. I don't believe he played today. I forget. No, he was in the lineup today. Yeah, he was. Yeah. His, yeah. That bats were very unmemorable as I was slipping well, back. It was a very fast and it, it was a very fast game where not a lot US was going Open. on. So yeah, I was watching the women's U S open and the giants game simultaneously. So <laughs> that's but, how you know it was a fun one. <laughs> what, what do you do? Oh, for three today. Yeah, no, not many people were hitting today. So yeah, so you know, I, I just I really like where Luis Matos is at, and I'm gonna go with his home run. And I know that might seem like a cop out. I think there's an argument to be made for what Logan Webb did today. I mean, yeah. this team needed to win this series coming out and to have a complete game shutout, 10 Ks right into the All Star break as they get four or five days off. Everyone could take a deep breath. That's what aces do. That's what I, they I do. Agree. They shove when the team needs a win in a rubber match. I agree there. 